You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kivalevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Really, I mean, obviously we take it for granted here. But as I said, starting out uh, a couple weeks ago when we started this last week, I don't know if other systems had lost wages, you know, because like, well, who says you would have that job? Maybe the guy would have fired you. I should pay you for the money you could have made? That, that sounds extreme. You can see how a person could argue out of that. Okay, today we take it for granted, but again, that's part of the beauty of what the Torah gave to gave to humanity. The idea of, of fairness. Could you tweak the system of the Torah more? The Torah doesn't even say you can't. It, it, it's possible that there were systems of, of, of justice during the time, for example, you know, the, the, the famous Rabbeinu Nisim, uh, the Ran, speculates that maybe the laws, the way they're written in Parshas Mishpatim and other places, like that we're learning about here, represent an ideal, but but the king and company can tweak those laws and can shift it and change it. And it's possible throughout the period of the... When we had, you know, there might have been actually, the Ran says, two types of courts. There was like the religious court, the court Alpitora, and there was a civil court. And that civil court was based on what the Melech and his advisors said was necessary. So it's possible that, and and we know, you could have an an arrangement, especially if it's a working arrangement, someone was working for you, or or a business deal, where you can make any tenai. We say, kol tenai shebemomon kayim. So all that being said, this is still a very important system. And we shouldn't criticize it if it has weaknesses because the Torah allows the tweaking to happen. The Torah allows the system to, to, uh, to append it. The Pasik says, which means look at this as the model and then try to, to do it as, you know, try to do it as well as possible. And that, that doesn't mean this can't work, but if it turns out, for example, that, you know, society has gone against this type of idea, then I'm not sure if we're bound to it. Again, we could legislate something different uh, between people. We can't legislate not to not to keep mitzvahs. We can't legislate to do averos. But in terms of what we want to determine should be the payments that a person gets for damages, this is what God sets up as the as the system. This is the default mode. But it, but it has the ability to be tweaked and altered. So that's, I think, an important thing when we're learning about this. Okay, so as we saw when we were learning yesterday, we finally we got through the Gemara and the Rashi. Um, and what we discovered was that we're talking about a person that was completely injured to the point he can't go back to his old job. And that was the only thing that, that, that we, we, we could think of. Okay? Um, and, and, and that's what in our sense, made it a more um, uh, a more justifiable system, and so we 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 can now move on and work on on the Gemara issues. Um, I wanted to show you uh, last night, you uh, last week, I, I, uh, the last couple of days, I showed you um, three helping things uh, for learning uh, a Mishnah, right? Obviously, the Bartanura, which you could probably have in your Mishnayot. Tosis Yontov, which we were looking at yesterday, which sort of adds to the Bartanura. 
And here's one of my favorites. I think I mentioned him before, the Malechad Shlomo. Um, it's sort of like if you don't, you know, the Yemenites, Tosus Yontav, he, he came from Yemen, or Shlomo of Edni, of Aden. Aden is actually a port city by the, by the, um, the Gulf of Aden. I forgot what, the, what what ocean that is. Was that anyway? That's right by the Suez Canal. That's where that, that's where it is. That's the um, that's the the Eden Aden, and he was from a Yemenite family. I think he made Aliyah Teretz Yisrael, and he wrote a commentary on the Mishnah too, which you can find printed in all of the standard Mishnayos. I took this here off of uh, off of the Bar Ilan CD. Um, I just want to show you one thing about this. Um, which I thought could help us move on. Imlo chosru ever. Let's say it isn't as extreme. Mo attacks Larry, and his he doesn't cut his hand off. He doesn't cut his leg off. Elishachala. He's got to be in bed. He's got to take medicines. His hand will get better. Now, this is a term that we find um, by the Sota. Um, it says, Tzavsa is bitno. Her stomach is Tzavat, which also means um, it gets distended. Okay? Tzavta. That's what that term comes from. But so far, but it'll get better. So if you have someone who hasn't been permanently damaged, then what do you do? Noting lo shifto shall call yom v'yom kapol bato shosim alocha she batel mimena. That's what we're talking about, right? In other words, here we were talking about this. How about if if, if the leg and the hand isn't permanent. It's going to come back. So then he gets paid, as you can see here, exactly of what he was earning because he's going to get better. And it's only because of you, it's only because of Mo that Larry can't do the work. Eventually he'll go back to it. So in that case, he's not going to get a big Nesek payment, right? He won't get the big Nesek payment because his hand is coming back. So therefore, you will pay him what we would call Every day what he could have earned. So now, based on what we've seen in the Gemara, in the Tosfos, in the Rosh, and now in the Moleches Shlomo, I think what we have is the system we were looking for in terms of unemployment. Fair. In fact, it sounds here, it doesn't even need to be tweaked. If this is correct, then this seems to be 100% proper. Even better than what, look, I was on unemployment and, you know, it's running out now. It's even better. You're going to get exactly like what the work that you were doing. Um, you, he gets, yeah. I'm not a hundred percent sure if you get exactly what you were making, but but because you're still not working and you didn't have to go out to work. Yeah, well, let me explain this a little bit better. And Ephraim, I want you to, and Sheila, I want you to be thinking about this. I read this originally to mean, okay, the hand is going to get better. The leg is going to be restored. All right? 
it's going to take a month in the hospital, month in, in, in recuperation. Okay. For, forget about the doctor bills. That, that are going to be paid for. He's going to, in a month, be ready. During this month, he can't work. Now, he had a job, let's say, let's say he was a construction worker. Now, that job, they're going to find someone else to fill that, that position. As a construction worker, he was laying bricks and doing stuff like that. Let's say he was getting paid $50 a day. Do you, is he saying you should get $50 a day? I would think so. Okay, Ephraim, you think so? You think it means the same thing? Kepoyo bottle? Um um, so, no, so here's the thing, Sheila and Ephraim, I want you to think about. Good. Uh, uh, Mo put Larry in that, in that bed. And Larry had a job as a construction worker. And if Mo didn't hit him and fight him and, and attack him, Larry would, would have had that job. Okay. Larry can't make that money. But Larry also wasn't out there sweating and doing the work. <laughs> but he would have. He would have happily been doing it. Yes, Sheila. He would have happily done the work. But here... But it's not his fault that he's not out there. Uh, okay, so you're, 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 so this is what you're, you're claiming um, based on, hey, I would work even though I'm risking my limb and it and it hurts when I work and, and, and I have to be sweaty. So I want to give you a chidush here that you might not know and I know it because I've seen this before. What is the idea of poel batel? Poel batel means not, like for example, this comes up in Bava Metziah when workers you, for example, let's say you, you make a contract with workers and then you go back on the job. Okay, imagine the following case. Um, you know, you hire these guys to be your caterers. Uh, and, and what are they supposed to do? They have to get there at five in the morning. They have to set everything up. They have to put everything there. They have to run around. And now it turns out that the event isn't happening. Okay, the, the bride got uh, cold feet. The groom got cold feet, whatever it was. And the event isn't happening. Now, this guy already marked that day in his calendar that he was going to be your server and come there. Okay, let me ask both of you. Should I pay? Should, do I have to pay those workers? If there's no written contract, again, if the contract is written and it says specifically this point, then I'm bound to the contract. But assuming there's no contract, would I have to pay these guys what I would have paid them had they done the work? I'm going to get, let's get some feedback from you guys on this. Uh, I don't. He didn't have like a job where he's going to get paid no matter what. And they're going to send him. There are people who are like that. There are people who are lucky enough to work for a big outfit. And where am I going today, boss? Okay. You're going to go here. Like we had, I'll give you an example. The Verizon guy who developed this internet, which is now working so much better, right? Working so much better because now I've got, uh, I, I, I've got the router up here, and I can connect, and he gave me a cord. That guy works every day, and he gets sent a bunch of places. Now, the idea, Sheila, of having such a 
not especially in the time of Chazal, that wasn't so common. In other words, there was avodim. Yes, there's also people who were who were socherim. If you were rich, you were able to have a socher who you would be your hired hand who would do whatever you needed. But then you had the third group, which I think was the majority, which I think were people. Which I think that were people. Those were people who, the first, right? They were like the ones that stand in front of Home Depot and wait for people to come. And they take their shirt off and they say, "I've got muscles. You can take me. Take me." So I think if that was the person we're talking about, and as we know that we already saw from Tosfos, that was and, and from the Rush, that was most of the people in those days. They weren't umanim, right. and they also didn't have the luck. <laughs> of being hired by Ben Cartwright to the part of the road. It's like, okay, you're going to be the hired hand. You're going to, right? You're going to be yeah. our hired hand. I think they had a guy called Muley who was the hired hand, I think, on Bonanza. But anyway, the point was to have a hired hand was unusual. To be an Eved, oh, okay, I don't want to be an Eved. I'm giving up my, 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 my freedom for that. So, can you have I hear what you're saying. I mean, it, it makes sense then that you would say, okay, he wouldn't be paid if he wouldn't be hired, but if he has a chazak of being hired and he was... Uh, so so the law is, Sheila, in that case, he's called a poyol batal shalosa which means we figure out what that guy would take not to work that day. <laughs> in other words, we figure like this. Um, hey, you've got the job to work on construction. How much, I know you like money. How much would you take less not to work? That's called the Poyo Bato Shalaisa Malocha. Gotcha. Unemployment. (laughs) Which is a little bit different. Do you see Ephraim? It's not, it's not that you'd pay him exactly because that also isn't fair because he didn't do the work. You didn't, wasn't out there taking the risk and sweating and losing his energy and you know, right? Not seeing the grandkids, whatever it was. Now he doesn't want to be in the hospital bed either. So let's say we pay him as if he could have worked. So this is uh, the Chazal came up with this idea, and it's in Bava Mitzi, and that's why when I read it here, it, it rang a bell to me. Poel Bato Shebatel Mimena. That's what it's called. Okay, and that isn't exactly the same. That's going to be a little bit less. How do you figure that out? So you, you go ahead and you do a, um, a poll. <laughs> you go to a bunch of these workers and say, look, if you go and work in construction, you made 50 bucks. How much would you, I don't want to give you zero, but what would be worth it for you not to work today? Hmm, well, I really need the $50. Hmm, not doing work to get zero. I wouldn't want to do that. Um, okay, $25 to stay home. So that is the way you would figure this out. That's called Okay, so now you're going to ask, how do you know this? Well, I know it because it's, it, it's came, I, I learned it before. And that's what it reminded me of, of something I'd seen. But, you know, but that just goes to show you, because otherwise it would say, no small shift of shokoyom, Right? The words of the Melecha Shlomo are batel, like a poel batel who's not working that work that he's right. So that's called right. Okay. All right. So 
that's what you have um, in terms of that, okay? Thank you. That's that clarifies. Yeah. Okay. So therefore, um, so that is that that is what that term means. So a little bit of again, part of it is just being familiar with what we're talking about. Ephraim, um live in a very litigious society. In other words, okay, you beat him up, I'm gonna get I'm taking you to the woodshed. Get him for everything. That's not the Torah's way of looking at things. The Torah knows that, look, as I said, if the guy is a serial batterer, then we have ways to deal with this guy beyond the Torah's ways, which the Torah allows. Like if the guy, if this is not his first offense, the judge can decide, hey, I'm teaching you a lesson, and et cetera, et cetera. I'm putting this fine, this fine. You can do that. But if this is the first time this occurred, it wouldn't be right to just say, hey, Let's get him. Let's take him for everything. Let's take him for everything that he's got. That we can't do. We wouldn't be able to do that. We we couldn't say uh, take him for everything he's got. That you wouldn't be able to do. Okay. So um, so let's now it's time to start the Gemara again. <laughs> okay. So let's go back. See, it takes a long time till you get where you need to want to go. All right, so that's the Mishnah and the Gemara. And here we go. All right. So the Gemara says, Am I? <laughs> What's the Gemara mean, Am I? Am I what? Am I means why? Why are you doing that? It's just like the word why. Am I? Why? 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 Um, am I what? What's the Gemara's question on? It's hard to know, right? Well, the Mishnah said that you have to pay five things. So the Gemara is now asking, why do you have to pay all five? Am I? I and Tachas Ayun Amarachmana. In other words, the Gemara is acting like it doesn't know. <laughs> Gemara is acting like it doesn't know that it's not it's money. So Gemara says, "Hey, why? Why are you paying everything?" Right. So the Gemara says, or the Gemara's question could be, right? Otherwise, the Gemara would say, "Me not me no one." Amai sounds like the Gemara is assuming a character. Right? The Gemara is saying, "Who says? Why? Why are we making him pay? Doesn't the pasuk just say?" An eye for an eye? Maybe Bezin should go and, 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 and just take this guy's eye and hand off. Ama eye and mamish. So that's the end of the question. So it's like a question that stops here. That's the way I'm reading this. And the reason I'm reading this this, this way, because the word am I. If it would be, how do I know you pay Nezek? It would say, Nezek minolan, ayin tachas ayin. And then the Gemara could ask, maybe it doesn't mean literally an eye. Maybe it means literally an I. So I'm reading all of this as one big question. Am I? I and Tachas I and Amarachmana. Am I and Mamish? Let's say it means a real I and there's no more money to be paid. So that's the way I'm reading it. And, and the reason I, again, okay. So the Gemara now, this line starts the answer. Lo salkadaitach. So this is a key Gemara word. Lo, no, it's not salka 
daitoch. So salka, right? Um, by the way, you're going to have, on Rosh Hashanah, you're going to have something that sounds like the selik, right? A lot of people eat selik on Rosh Hashanah, which some people say is um, um, beets, right? I think selik, they say, is beets. So silka, right? Or silka, silka. So, and then we say, yiskalku soneinu, right? That's what we say. That our enemies, right, should, should be removed from us. <laughs> the coronavirus, whatever the enemy is, right? Whatever the, the Sona is, Sona is. It probably means the physical enemies, and few people that are enemies. That's the, um, the, uh, the germs. That's our, so what does that mean? Yistalek means removed. Okay? But it re- literally means, like, like, take that thing away, like, lift it up. Like, that's what solak means. Solak is, get it out of here, lift it up. Ooh, get that rat out of here. Ah, I lifted it up. I got it, I got it, I got it. Okay, I haven't done that in a while, but Yistalku. Get it, right? So salik means actually to lift up, like it gets into your, so that's what it means. It gets lifted up into your mind. Salka daitach, it does, this shouldn't go into your mind, right? Salik means to go up, like to go be lifted up. Lo salka daito, like we also say salika lo, like we've lifted it up, we finished the mesechta. Oh, I made it to the top of the mountain, right? You, you might see that at the end of a mesechta, right? Well, you see Hadron Aloch. But sometimes you'll see at the end of the Mesech that you'll see, right, you'll see Selikalo, which means like, also, I've, I've gone and up and I'm finished. So that's what the word Salka means. So Salka means low, it shouldn't go into your mind. Low Salka Daitoch, you shouldn't have that even as a consideration. Right? Low Salka Daitoch, it shouldn't go into your mind. Why? Because here's a price so that every good Jew should know. Tanya, yochol simas eno, mesames eno, kitea es yodo, mikatea es yodo, shiber es raglo, mishaber es raglo. Right? The first one is, is, is mo, I'm sorry, is mo doing it? So in other words, so, kitea es yodo, mo cut Larry's hand off, mikatea es yodo. Cut Mo's hand. Sheba Esraglo, he broke Larry's foot, leg, Meshaberet Raglo, break Mo's. You might think that's the halacha. Taflamid, this is something you should know. Everybody, you should underline it. Talmud Lomar. Okay. Make Odom Make Behema. So we're going to look at that Pusik in a second. I know Sheila knows about this, but I'm just for Ephraim's sake, I want to. Um, um, emphasize this Rashi Tevos is very important. It comes up a lot. Talmud Lomar. Now, this book is called Talmud. It's called Talmud Bavli. The Gemara is called Talmud. What does it mean, Talmud Lomar? So, Talmud Lomar means the Pusik is there to teach you that. Talmud in other words, use the Pusik and make a drusha from the Pusik to teach you the law. 
And the Talmud is really also really about drushos from Chazal and other things. They're all part of something called the Talmud. But Talmud Lomar is always followed by a Pasuk. The Pasuk is there, right? Talmud Lomar. If the Pusik is, is, is there, and we're going to darshan the Pusik. We're going to find out what the Pusik means. That's why the Pusik was written in such a way. Talmud Lomar. So it isn't just the Pusik. It's the Pusik with the drasha, the Pusik with the inference, the Pusik with the tweak, the Pusik with the emphasis. That's whenever you see Talmud Lomer. It's going to be a quote of the Pusik, and we're going to sort of understand how the Pusik teaches you what you might not have known. Okay, so let's see. So we have a good Gemara here. We have this Pusik. So let's see. Makabeima, let's see what it says. Makabeima, you shall mena. Makaodam, you must. If somebody hits an animal, injures it, has to pay. If you kill a person, doesn't just mean injure, you kill a person, you die. Okay. That's a Pasuk in Vayikra. Chavdalad, Chavdalad. All right. Um, the Gemara is now going to say this. Maka Adam umaka behema. Look what the Gemara did. The Brisa skips the word Yishalmena. In fact, the Brisa starts with the words Maka Adam, which is the second thing, and then it goes back to the first thing. So we are not really quoting the Pusik correctly, but we're quoting the Pusik with the inference right on the table, so you'll see what we're trying to do. If you look at this Pusik, there's a problem with it. The problem with the Pusik is, let's take a look at it. I've bold, oh, here it is. I'm going to make things a little bit bigger so you can see the Pusik better. Here, take a look. Makabeh mishalmena, maka odem yumas. Okay? Okay, I, I got to figure out what this vav is, and I, maybe I'll look the Pusik up in a second. But even without me looking up the Pusik, this Pusik is strange. Right? What's strange about it? What's strange about this Pusik? Think about it. There's something here. And remember, right? What is strange about this Pusik? This is one complete Pusik. What is strange about it? What's unusual about it? Okay, I translated it for you. Someone who kills an animal will pay for that animal. And someone who kills a human will die. That's the Pusik, with a little emphasis. Is that a weird Pusik? Right? Mm-hmm. Sheila? Yeah. yeah. It Why was. is it weird? Well, because it doesn't seem, it's, you know, if you hit, you'll pay, and then if you hit... Okay, so she was saying the word make, is it the word make, or is it the fact that for an animal you just pay, and for a human you get killed? Well, it, it's, it seems to, you know, on the surface, say that if you hit, for an animal you pay, and if you hit a human, there's a de- some kind of death involved. Right. So, That's what would be a better? Let's think of it. What would be? What, what, what would be a better way to have re- to have written this? If you would be writing uh, an essay um, about yeah. payments of, of 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 or civil law, 
Well, it's obviously Gezerah Shavu with Maka, Maka, you know, like they're, like they're saying. The same word? It's the same word. But, so but also, here's the, we're sort of circling around it. This, it should be a separate Pusik, right? What, 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 well, yeah, I know, but the fact that it's one Pusik indicates. Ah, that, so that's the question. Why is the same Pusik? Ah, and, and then she was right. Why does it use the same verb? Ah, it must be there's a comparison between the two. Right. Okay. So that's really what I'm getting out of it, right? That's, that's the, but the Pusik is strange. Other, why put the two things there? And it's actually stranger for another reason. And, and, and now it's time to actually look at the Pusik inside, and you'll see why the Pusik is even stranger. So let's go to our, let's go to Machon Mamre very quickly and look at the Pusik inside. Okay, I will go to. I'm going to go to um, Leviticus 24. If your internet's, if you're connected to your router, look how quick that happened. All right, so here we go. Take a look. Um, this is the Pusik that we quoted. Right? That's the one we just saw, and, 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 and you you tried to explain what was difficult with it. Let's take a look here. Let's go a couple of psukim right before that. And he that smiteth any man mortally shall surely be put to death. Okay, we already have. So that is that is a guy who, uh, that's a killer, right? And now what does it say here? And he that smiteth a beast mortally shall make it good. Nefesh tachas nofesh. Uh-oh. <laughs> that's going to be problematic, this part. But the word yishalmena sounds like money, right? Now we'll see what nefesh tachas nofesh means. So, Sheila... This Pusik is not only weird because it's all this in the same verse, there's something else wrong here. It's totally extraneous, right? Because this already right. says, Because right? this Pusik already says, if you smiteth a beast, that you have to pay. Why do you have to say again, and he that killeth a beast shall make it good? It already says that. So it's extra. And this part's also extra. It already says it. In other words, Yud Zion and Yud Ches, that's normal. Two different psukim. There's mankind and animal kind. We're not PETA people. We don't believe that killing a, an animal is like killing a person. You, you need to make it up. You can't just kill animals. But it's not like killing a person. So that makes sense to me, right? Ve'ish, and in fact, Sheila and, and, and Ephraim, right? This is this is a shuruk, right? And this is yeah, ve'ish. Okay, yeah. This is I understand. These are different. That that's sort of like uh, uh, it's different. Uh, let me explain things a little bit better. Whenever you have you see this uh, Ephraim, you still with us here? You have you have u and ve, right? So one thing you need to know is when it's ve, it's connected. There's a connection. Like for example, yud zayin is connected to ted zayin. No, most you must, and we'll have to figure out why. Someone who blasphemes the name of God. And this makes a connection. The Vav makes a connection. U is a contrast. Okay? I don't know if you knew this. Because, right? 
there's v, it goes along, like a hook. And there's u, like u. Wait, is that the same? No, no, oh, oh, oh. In other words, uh, u. In other words, animal, human, this. U, this. Okay? So they're different. And that's the same thing as you see here. U, maka behema, yishalmena. U, maka odemumos. Which is a sense of being different. Okay? So here, you actually have the difference between human and animal. Why here do we have this repetition? And it's in the same Pasuk. And, as Shiva points out, the same Pasuk with the same words, umake, umake. Sounds like the same thing. That's why we make the drosha, Adam is like behema. So even though this is talking about kill a thing, killing a man, we now have a limud, a comparison between animal and human that an, an, whatever is true for human is true for animal. Now, true, this Pusik in simple pshat would mean a murderer, but look what our Gemara is doing. Our Gemara is leaving out. Our Gemara is leaving out the fact that he gets killed. Maka starting with man first. So now the drusha makes sense. Ma makabeim with ashlumen, just like that unnecessary. But we know what it means. It's unnecessary, which means it's waving a flag. Make a drusha out of me. I'm in the same pusik with this guy. Animals and humans are in the same pusik. They've already been spoken about earlier. They've already been explained earlier. What's that pusik doing? Talmud Lomar, Talmud Lomar, come and make a drush out of me. Come make a drusha. I'm here. I'm ready for the drush. I'm ready for my close-up, Mr. DeMille. Come and make a drusha out of me. That's what that pusik is about. And I'm going to make the drusha. And I'm going to say, you use, like she was saying, I use the same verb of maka. I use the same verb by animal, by human, aha, ma maka behema with tashlumen, we know that means money, yishalmena, af maka odom with tashlumen. That also means tashlumen. So this is where we know that it's not an eye for an eye. Okay? Now, hang on one second. Before we move on to the Gemara's next step, if I was a trying to argue this with a Christian or a Muslim who was saying to me or some um, atheist who was trying to say religion is terrible and Judaism unleashed in the world. And you know, you can hear this, by the way. Go online and you'll hear what people write or you'll see and hear. Hopefully don't listen to it. It's not worth it. But this is still going on. That we are this religion, this gutter religion, as Hitler and the Shemam and others said, and we unleash the idea of, 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 of vengeance, of an eye for an eye, right? And yet we don't take vengeance on them, one wonders. <laughs> <laughs> but but that is what that is the canard that you can hear about Jews. Yeah. Stop with those Jews. Those Jews are eye for an eye. Watch out for them. And I'm going to just say parenthetically, there was a time that there was this sort of idea, like in the beginning of the 20th century, where you had 
the Jews and the Italians, they were the, uh, <laughs> they ran organized crime, right? Mostly Italians, though. Right, but the Jews were there. They were represented, right? I, I know. The, there was a Lucky Lepke, right? Louis Buchholz yeah, there. Arnold, Ro- Arnold Rothstein, Bugsy Siegel, right? Yeah, practically a lowly, yeah. Mayor Lansky. I saw him many times in Miami walking his dog. I used to see Meyer Lansky all the time in Miami. Um, oh, gosh. Yeah. Well, you know what? The greater the person, the greater the Sahara. So. Right, but I'm saying, so in, in a way, you know, people, those bad Jews, those tough guy Jews, would, would say, yeah, yeah, that's what it is. You got to be... And, and that's not what the Torah means, but... If, if I was trying to argue this, oh yeah, oh yeah, I really believe that. I see it. Yeah, yeah. You don't. You have to be. A, you have to be. A, you have to buy into the system to believe this and to know that it's true. Obviously, we know it's true anyway. But we're also we are we are part yeah, of. Yeah, we have a Kabbalah. We have we we have it's... right. But we also she are used to these drushos because we are Talmudic people. So right. to uh, to us, yeah, yeah. What else could it be? Yeah, that's what it's probably there for. I know. We always read. Like you don't just take things literally. You always have to see what the inner meaning is. No, no. But but my point is, is that of course we're going to accept this. A non-Jew yeah. or, or or an irreligious Jew or, or or someone who wants to say Judaism is about vengeance isn't going to accept this, right? right here. So, so so how do you argue? You got to find something better. And, and Chazal actually have stories of rabbis who argued against the Christians and against atheists and people that were against Judaism. And we see Chazal use, like the rabbis in the debates use different arguments. What we're doing here, you got to be part of the lab. You got to be part of the Jewish laboratory to accept, oh, now I see for sure it, it, it can't be. It's a heckish. Why else is it there? Why else is the verse there? Why else is it there? It must be. It's making a heckish between Behemoth and Adam. And Behemoth's money. Adam's also money. No real critic who's not part of our world will ever accept this. This is an answer for us. This is an answer for us who believe in Teresh HaBalpeh. And, and therefore, something so fundamental, it must be in the Teresh HaBalpeh itself. We're not going to say, oh, like you, you, we say, we believe in the Mesorah something like this you and that's you gotta you gotta believe that it's in the Torah itself and we have to find out where it is so the Gemara says this is still the Brisa right because I think this is all a Brisa the Tanya right it starts with your Yochel it's all part of the Brisa im Hare who Omer lo im Omer what? We'll find that in a minute. Hare Omer Hmm. Okay, uh, well, let's see what Rashi says on that. Now, before Rashi goes on, it means if. Lomar means to say, nefesh, nafshecha. Okay? We want you to be connected to your nefesh, of course. Right? We want to be connected to your nefesh. 
nefesh is a desire. That's what nefesh means. Um, and it, it actually comes from the word push, which means to move. The, in in Parshas Metzora, it talks about pashta hanega. The, 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 the tsaras on your body moved. Nefesh is to actually like to breathe out, to move, to have, to be non-contained, to want more. That's what the nefesh is. So nefesh is almost like a desire, which is like, I feel I want more. It's moving. I have this. If you desire to say something. So this is, there might be a question, in other words. means an if you would want, and you need another proof. In other words, the first one's not good enough. I've got another pasuk that proves it. Okay. Now, this, as you can see, go up, is a pasuk in Sefer Pamidbar. Okay. So, we're going to be talking about kapara a lot over the next couple of days. That's the same root here, kofir and kapara. And Rashi says, in, and I showed you this Rashi a couple of months ago, you might remember, Sheila, about the Rashi and Parshas Kisisa. Kofir means something that you stick into something in order to make a separation between one thing and the other, right? So the kofir is is something that can somehow um, stave off. That's what kofir means. Kapara is what can I say that can stave off the punishment? What can I do? Right? I can't really make up the avera, can I? But what, what kapara can I get? What can I do that the punishment doesn't come down on me? That's what I want. I want a kapara, right? Um, so don't take kofir. Don't take a payment. In other words, let's say there's somebody who kills someone like we talked about before. And he says the following. He says, look, the state wants to kill me. The state wants to kill me. I'm going to give a billion dollars to all the charities. I'm going to make sure there's ventilators for everybody who needs it in America. I'm going to take my money and I'm going to make sure the poor have it. I'm going to have places that people. The Torah says, don't do that. Asher hu rosha lomus. Kimot yumat. He needs to what? He needs to die. Okay. I don't know if you believe it. Does that, again, you can imagine why that's true. Even though that money that he has could be dispended and you could create the best yeshiva with all that money. You could create the best hospital with that money. Maybe even cure, who knows, get the best scientists to be able to cure diseases. A man cannot die, no matter how much money he wants to give. He can't decide he's going to give money and we're going to let him off the hook if he's a murderer. That's what the Torah says. The Torah says there's no... We're not going to write, we're not going to make, no, no cutting any deals. Despite the fact someone say, oh, that's pretty good. We could use that billion dollars. 
Or even if the guy says, look, I'll stay in jail, take all my money. No. According to the Torah, you kill the person. You have the witnesses, he has to die. The man has to lose his life. Okay? So, that's the Pusik. Remember what I told you before. There's got to be a problem with this Pusik that we're going to make a drosha for it. Here we go. Losichu kofer wenefesh rotzeach hasher rashalomus. Hmm. Wenefesh rotzeach iatolokeach kofer. Avlatolokeach kofer laroshe ayvarim she'en chosrin. That's the end of the b'risa. Let's think if we can think about what, what the b'risa was telling us. Look at the Pasuk again. Osichu kofer nefesh rotzeach asherhu roshalomus. What word is extra here? What word is extra? Let's look at the Pasuk again. Don't take payment. Don't take a, a money payment. A big tzedakah money he wants to give. So lo is not extra. Sikhu is not extra. Kofir is like a payment that will make up the death. He'd say he's going to give money to that family, that he, to the person he killed. Okay? Um, Rotzeach, well, that might be extra. Um, Russia? Russia, Lomus, that might be extra too. Um, but there, Sheila, I'm feeling Russia is why we're not taking the Kofir. We have to say. But it's a Rotseach, is why. No, but you know he's the Rotseach. Losichu Kofir or Rotseach. And the reason is because that, because there's an evil that was done, and that evil will be perpetuated. In other words, Society is going to suffer. Society is going to suffer tremendously because society is going to suffer tremendously because people can kill. And even though a billion dollars was given, God says in the big picture, murderers need to be killed. Otherwise, human life doesn't have that value. The extra word that we're making here is the word nefesh. Just say, well, don't, you don't take money from the Rotseach. Why do you have to say nefesh? So Chazal say, oh, there's a clue here. What's the clue? The clue is, that's the clue. The clue is, ma make behema litashlumen. I'm sorry. Lenefesh rotzeach, aha, iatolokeach kofir, because the nefesh, his nefesh, has to die because he killed this other nefesh. But maybe you could take kofir for roshayivarim. That's not the whole nefesh. If it's only a hand that he knocked off or an eye, there. The Torah actually says, make a deal. Make a deal. Lo sikhu kofir. When it's death, it's got to be death. Here, I could hear you take some money. Yeah, yeah, take some money. Money's good. Yeah, that makes sense. So this Pasik is telling you that 
that the Torah, the Torah system, accepts the idea of making money payments. Where is it you don't make a money payment to make up for what you did, where what you did was killing the person? But where the money payment is not about what you killed, it's about how you injured and damaged someone, there we will take it. Now, that doesn't mean you must take it. <laughs> it sounds like it might be an option, which I think the Gemara is going to talk about. But you can see this this Pasuk is a little, it's a little, a little clearer that the Torah is okay with the idea of paying for what you've done. And you don't have to get your hand cut off. Of course, we're saying it means that you only can take money and you don't do anything else. But that, that at least is, 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 is the sense of the drosha. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode. Thank you.